Now, Connect FM Sports puts every play under review with Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Some Taylor Swift fans moved heaven and earth to attend her concert in Pittsburgh over the weekend. What sporting event would create the same buzz for you? We'll share some of our ideas, and I'll tell you about one that I let slip away years ago. All eyes are on Deshaun Watson in Cleveland this year. Will he regain his form from the past, or will we see more of the same from last year? We'll talk to Chris Easterling of the Akron Beacon Journal to preview the Browns. Like objects and mirrors, fantasy football drafts are closer than they appear. We'll talk to Alex Caruso, an up-and-coming analyst, to help you get a leg up on your competition. I'm Bob Anderson. And I'm Summer Anderson, filling in as a guest host this week. Stay tuned as we discuss these topics and more as we go... Under Review! And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. It's a busy another hour here of sports talk with you. And uh, my co-hosts, Dave and Dave, were both busy doing other things. So I had to go to the bullpen this week and, and bring in my wife. And it just happens to be the first day of summer. So it's only appropriate that I bring in summer to the studio. Summer, thanks for joining us. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm always happy that you have me in and that you want me to come in to talk about you know this kind of stuff with you. Well, and I know you're going to want to talk a little bit about our uh, golf event, or the U.S. Open over the weekend, but I didn't want to start there. I wanted to start with the buzz about Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. So unless you were living under a rock here the past weekend, you probably heard that Taylor Swift was in Pittsburgh. She had a couple of concerts. In fact, she set the uh, Acroshore Stadium attendance record. I heard a what, 73,000 plus were in attendance on Saturday. You know what? A lot of people on my social media feed, they, I felt like everyone was there. It was it was crazy. It was unreal. And I was seeing videos of boats that were on the river listening to Taylor Swift. I mean, she had a tailgate going on, not just, you know, behind the stadium or around the stadium, but also on the river. It, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, if you were... Um if you were there, I'm sure that you really enjoyed yourself, but you probably had to pay a pretty penny to get into the stadium that night. Um, so it got me thinking about sports, and I thought, you know, what would be a Taylor Swift type of sporting event that would, you know, create the same sort of buzz for, for you know, sports fans? And so, you know, what would you maybe not pay any price to see? But what would you really, really want to see and um, be a part of that event? So, Summer, do you have a a Taylor Swift-type sporting event that you would want to be at? Well, you know, you mentioned how much I like talking about golf. Mine would obviously be the Masters. The Masters is the most well-known golf tournament there is. It is just where some of the most, you know, important and just memorable golf events have taken place and the course itself is just well known and it's been revered and I just love that you know each hole is named it's almost given its own personality so to see it in person and to watch these professionals play it would just be a once in a lifetime experience for me oh that's a good one I mean I would love to go go to Augusta myself in fact uh, I threw this out on Facebook and and we did receive some feedback some people did mention the Masters or other um, golf events 
Um, one person, Mike McNiss, actually mentioned that he was at Oakmont uh, a couple of years ago when it was down in Pittsburgh, the U.S. Open, and he got to give a fist bump to Phil Mickelson and stand behind the tee as some of these great golfers were were hitting. But according to an article I read on WTAE, uh, prices for the Taylor Swift concert ranged anywhere from $1,600 wow. to $8,500 on Saturday. Now, I wouldn't pull that trigger, largely because I'm not really a, you know, a, a big concert goer and I'm, you know, Taylor Swift is good, but I'm not, you know, a fanatic or anything, but I'm sure for some people, the memories will last a lifeline, a lifetime. Um, so I did receive some other feedback on sporting events that people would want to go to a couple listeners mentioned seeing their favorite team, mostly the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also I had a bears fan say they'd love to go to a super bowl. Um, that would probably surpass the price of a Taylor Swift concert, by the way, as Google tells me that the Super Bowl tickets were around 8000 a year this year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, some mentioned attending the World Series. You know, wouldn't that be great to see the Pirates in the World Series? Yeah, maybe someday, maybe in our lifetime. Yeah, I don't think it'll be this year as we continue to see them slide. Maybe more on that later. Yeah. Nine games in a row. Yeah, Uh, even I can tell you that's a little rough. Yeah, but one of the wildest games in Pirates history, at least in our lifetime, was the 2013 World or the uh, Wild Card game, and some people brought that up. The um, game where Johnny Cueto and the and the Reds played at uh, PNC Park. Um, Dave Glass, our usual host, co-host here, he he was at that game. He called it an amazing atmosphere, and it was the last time he attended a game with his grandfather. Wow. Don Makey, a loyal listener, called this game the greatest sporting event he ever physically attended. Uh, and then a couple brought up some hockey events, which is near and dear to my heart. Uh, a friend of mine, Rob Stanley, brought up that he was at the 09 Conference Finals with the Penguins and the Hurricanes. That's the time when Gino scored the sick backhand goal. And another said he was at Mario's return game oh, when he came back cool. from retirement. Now, that's one that I would have liked to have seen. Um, so there's lots of different events out there, but I thought I'd tell you a little bit about one that came to my mind. And Uh, I've heard this, I believe a few times. Yeah, you probably know. Thankfully, I don't have a whole lot of regrets in life, but, um, this is actually before Summer and I even started dating, but in 09, the Penguins were of course in the Stanley cup final against the Detroit Red Wings. And, uh, this was really my first time as a I died in the wool Penguins fan, you know, like I, of course, knew about the teams in the early 90s, but I was really young then, you know, I was like 10 years old. So I didn't follow them like I did, you know, in 2009. And here they are, they're in the cup final. And uh, I had a chance to go to game seven. Okay, now for those of you who maybe don't remember that game seven was going to be in Detroit. Yes, I was going to say they were playing the Red Wings, right? Yep, they were playing the Red Wings. Um, And I researched the cost of a ticket. I did a map quest search to find out how long it would take me to get there. Five hours, that's pretty doable. Yeah, It was $500 for a ticket. Now, in hindsight, that doesn't seem that much. I mean, yeah, 500 bucks is a lot for your normal game, but this was for game seven of a Stanley Cup. I had never paid that much for a sporting event in my life, but I thought, you know what? I could do that. But I hesitated and I didn't pull the trigger. And I it wasn't so much the price for me. It was more that I thought the Penguins were going to lose that game. Oh. Cuz yeah. they had been embarrassed 
uh, in Detroit in Game 5. They had lost every game on the road in that series. They lost 5 nothing in Game 5. And I thought, you know what? If if I'm not going to pay $500 to go and watch them lose. Well, the rest, they say, is history. Mm-hmm. And yep. the victory was sweet, even from 350 miles away here in, in Dubois. But I always think to myself, how much sweeter would have it been had I been there in yeah. person celebrating with the most diehard of all Penguins fans uh, at Joe Lewis Arena. And ironically, one person who was there is our other co-host, Dave Herzing. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was at that game. I believe he's there with his dad and and maybe his brother. And I've always been a little bit jealous of D for, for, you know, attending and and doing that. So when people criticize the, the Taylor Swift hype and say, boy, I'd never pay that price, you know, I don't shake my head in disbelief because... I understand, uh, you know, it wasn't so much a concert for me, but it was a chance to see one of the greatest sport moments in Mm -hmm. in my lifetime. Yeah. And I think it's really for people, they just, it's the experience and going to a concert or going to see your favorite sports team, it's going to be a memory and you'll have that forever. And that's what I think for some people spending the money, it's not a big deal. Yeah, so if the Penguins ever get to Game 7 again some, and, and uh, you know, I say, hey, I, I need to buy a ticket here, and it's $1,000, I'm sure you'll let me go, right? <laughs> Are you putting me on the spot? Yeah, <laughs> just so it's in uh, on a re- on record here. <laughs> All right, so we, are, uh, we have a great hour of sports here t- uh, planned for you. We're going to continue our tour of the AFC North today. We're going to wrap that up here by talking with a guest from the uh, who covers the Browns. Um, if you recall, we talked about the Bengals. We talked about the Ravens. You can always revisit those past uh, website or those um, past recordings there on the Connect FM radio um, website. The podcasts are all available for you. But of all the teams in the division, the Browns are the least predictable for me. I could see a scenario where they compete with the Bengals for the top spot. I could also see how they could fall flat and be the fourth place team in the division. So for me, it all begins and ends with one player, and that would be Deshaun Watson. Will he be the player that made three straight Pro Bowls with the Texans and threw for nearly 5,000 yards in 2020? Or will he look like the player that we saw at the end of last year, a shell of him, his old self, who threw nearly as many interceptions as he did touchdowns? So this is something that maybe our guests uh, can shed some light on as he's had eyes on him uh, during the mini camp season here. So we will talk to Chris Easterling of the Akron Beacon Journal here when we return to Connect FM on uh, uh, this is under review sports talk. So stay with us as we continue. Carlson Auto Repair is a locally family-owned and operated business that serves you, their customer, like you're one of the family. Carlson Auto Repair genuinely cares about the folks who come to see them for mechanical and auto body work. They don't do anything that isn't needed, and they do the repairs at an affordable rate. If you need auto repair inspections or collision work, get it done right and reasonably at Carlson Auto Repair, where they know you and they know your vehicle. 100 East Park Avenue, Dubois. Smith Timbering and Consultants are experts at tree management. 
and are looking for an energetic, reliable individual to join their team. They currently have an excellent opportunity for a full-time forestry technician to buy Mark and Cruz standing timber. They offer competitive pay with bonus incentives, health incentives, health insurance, and company vehicle. Associate's degree or higher in forestry required. Please email your resume or questions to Wes at smithtimbering.com. That's Wes at smithtimbering.com. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. Welcome back to Under Review. I'm Bob Anderson, and she is Summer Anderson. (laughs) We've spent the month of June previewing the AFC North. Like I said, we talked to guests from Cincinnati and Baltimore. Today, we turn our attention to Cleveland, and it's my pleasure to be joined at this time by Chris Easterling, who covers the team for the Akron Beacon Journal. Welcome aboard, Chris. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me on. We really appreciate you coming on. Before we get into football, in the last segment, we were talking about Taylor uh, Swift, who was in Pittsburgh over the weekend, and there was a big buzz about her. Um, I was a bit shocked to hear some of the prices on tickets, but then I got thinking, you know what? Hey, it's it's one of those once-in-a-lifetime moments for people. So when it comes to sports, is there anything, Chris, that would get you to pay those kind of prices to attend a, a game or an event? Um, probably not what they're what Taylor Swift tickets are going for. But I know when the NBA Finals were last in Cleveland, uh, which uh, let's see, that was in 2018. I wanted to take my daughter to a Finals game, I, and you know it was, and I think I paid like four hundred dollars for. To sit like halfway up the upper level at the whatever they were calling Cleveland Arena at that point, whatever company had the name and rights. So that's probably the most I've you know where I've I've said you know what I'll I'll, I'll spend a I'll, I'll spend a week's salary or something <laughs> right. for for, yeah. for for a couple of tickets to you know but you know it was one of those things I wanted my daughter to see it was LeBron's last game as a Cavalier. The second go around was an NBA Finals game. Boy, I mean, there was a, a multitude of you know, but so you know, I I get it. I, I certainly get you know. I know a couple of people that went to uh, that went saw Taylor in uh, in Pittsburgh, and you know, I get it. Um, but uh, yeah, it would have to be something incredibly special, right? Incredibly yeah. special. But, uh, for for that because uh, otherwise it's like nah I'll uh, I'll I'll throw on a, uh, I'll I'll pull something up on Spotify if I want to listen to the dude, listen to music that bad. I uh, area well one of those opportunities for you might be if the Browns ever make the Super Bowl and of course if that's going to happen <laughs> it's going to probably require Deshaun Watson to return to the form that he was in back in his Texans days. So, uh, you know, what did you see from him during the, the off season, the mini camp? I know that you guys just wrapped that up. What, and what version of him do you think we'll see this year? I will preface this with, you know, the obligatory, they are in helmets and helmets and t-shirt jerseys and, you know, the underwear Olympics, whatever you want to call the, this time of year. But, um, 
I'm somewhat confident you're going to see a better version of Deshaun this year than you did a year ago. Because he's significantly he looks significantly more significantly better and more importantly more consistent um this offseason during this offseason program in many camps than he did a year ago. I, I think everything everything swirling around him a year ago, the you know, the off the field stuff the which I'm not trying to minimize, uh, you know, the, the the adjusting to a new team, the not having played since 2020, all of that, you could see the impact of it all a year ago when you watched it. This year, he looked a lot closer to what I remember. I remember the Pro Bowl level, Deshaun. Now, will they get the Pro Bowl level, Deshaun? If they do, I think this is a team that contends for an AFC North title. Perfectly honest. If they can get someone close to that, you know, where he's significantly he's taking significant strides forward from a year ago, I think they can certainly they are certainly a contender for the AFC playoffs. I think they have enough talent around him, and I think he can be good enough to do that for the Browns. Hi, Chris. This is Bob's better half, his wife Summer, and I actually have a few coworkers who are diehard Cleveland fans and have been for years since they've been young. They live in Ohio, so I definitely think they would be paying the Taylor Swift cost just to let you know to to go see them in the in the Super Bowl. But our next question is: What would you say was the team's best personnel move of the off season? The, the, I, I, oh, um, what was the best? I, I, you know what. It, I think it might have been going out and, and hiring Jim Schwartz as a defensive coordinator. Um, because Jim Schwartz, if, if anybody's going to get the best out of Miles Garrett, I think it's Jim Schwartz. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys are familiar with when he was in Philly and the way that defense played that, you know, just let, you know, kind of let the defensive line loose and, and go after the quarterback. But if I had to stick to a player, I would probably go with. Uh, I really like the move they made to. You know, it would have been uh, a little more than a month ago when they they acquired Zadarius Smith, because it's that other guy you can pair with Miles, and, and and again in Schwartz's system, really gives them somebody two guys that just you know to anchor that line to get after the quarterback to make life miserable and. I think if they can do that, if they can be successful, I think it makes that defense a lot better, which takes some of the pressure off the offense to be perfect, which is what they sort of had to be last year because the defense was so inconsistent. Well, on the offensive side of the ball, we become accustomed to seeing the, you know, the, the two-headed monster there with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield. Hunt is gone, so do you see them becoming more of a pass-centric team this year, or at least maybe relying a little bit more on Deshaun Watson versus Nick Chubb? I, I think, it, you know, I think that's sort of the, the, the short answer, yes. They're going to be, this offense is going to be geared around Deshaun. It's going to be geared around Deshaun's strengths, geared around what, you know, think a lot of what you saw, not just out of Deshaun in Houston, but even think back to when Deshaun was at Clemson and kind of that offense they ran with, with him there. And I, I think you can see, 
I think they're just, I think, they, you know, just judging off the, off the OTAs and minicamp, I think they're, they kind of got in their bag a little bit, you know, kind of, kind of try to have some fun with, you know, things they can do with some of the personnel, a guy like Elijah Moore adding to it, you know, what all over the, the, the formation, that, those sorts of things. But, you know, how they, at the end of the day, I think they want to use this Sean and the passing game and all the weapons they have on offense to get a big lead, get a lead in the fourth quarter. And then when they get to the fourth quarter, have a Nick Chubb who maybe only run the ball, ballpark it 10 or so, 10 to 12 times over the first three quarters, turn it over to Nick Chubb and let Nick Chubb be, you know, you know kind of be your Mariano Rivera, close the game out. You know, speaking of the Browns, a big part of the Browns is the coach, and that's Kevin Stefanski. And he was the coach of the year in his first season there in 2020, but the team has missed the playoffs the past two years. I would imagine it's a big year for him. Do you agree? Yes. It's a big – Jimmy Haslam didn't specifically say it was playoffs or busts when he spoke to – spoke to a handful of us during the owners' meetings back in in March, but – he basically he basically insinuated. I think everybody in the building understands that if this team underachieves, you know, if, if it's a season where they go ten and six but miss the playoffs because the AFC is the AFC and the AFC North specifically is the you know what we all think that both the division and the conference can be this year. I think he maybe he brings them back for a fifth year, but if this team. Has a losing record? Absolutely. Everybody is. It, it, you know, it'll be another another regime turnover in, in Cleveland because Andrew Barry will be gone. Kevin Stefanski will be gone. And, and everything, you know, it'll be clean house again in Cleveland. But, again, I, I think there's a sort of a, a gray area where if they go 9-8, and 10-7, something like that, and just miss the playoffs because of the, you know, the AFC being the AFC, I, I think they could come back for a fifth year. We're talking to Chris Easterling, who covers the Browns for the Akron Beacon Journal. We got a few minutes left, Chris, and I wanted to ask you about the draft this year. The Browns didn't have a first or second round pick, but I still like the haul that they were able to get out of it despite that. They picked up a wide receiver Cedric Tillman and a couple of big dudes on both sides of the line of scrimmage. They got Sika Ika. Uh, and Dewan Jones. So, which pick were Browns fans most excited about, or which pick did you like the best? There's a couple I really liked. I'll tell you a guy I really liked. It, it was their, it was their second. Let me let me remember which that would have been the fourth round. I think yeah, it was fourth round um, where they picked Isaiah, Isaiah McGuire out of Missouri, defensive end, another pass rusher. Another guy that you, know, you you see him in person. He's physically imposing, you know, size wise, but he's fast. He, you know, he's another one of those SEC edge rushers that that you know that that conference produces so many of. Um, I kind of like him. I'm kind of intrigued what he could do, you know, because again, you know, tying it all back to you know the Jim Ford tire. The more guys you can kind of give them to to really get after the quarterback. He's going to mix and match. He's already said that, you know, that we can see 
four DNs line up on the line of scrimmage instead of, you know, two DNs, two D tackles. So I'm kind of intrigued by him because it's another guy that that has the skill set that you really, you know, you want to see um, that, that I think Schwartz's defense could really uh, accentuate and, and really maybe take a little bit off of Miles' plate where he can, you know, Maybe you rest him in the in the first or second quarter for for a series. The young guy gets out there, gets some snaps, and that just leaves a more fresh Miles Garrett in the fourth quarter to to really get after the quarterback. Okay, Chris, you got to make your predictions here. How do you see the division taking shape, and who do you think are going to be the teams to watch this year? Uh, give us an order of yeah. finish, one through four. We've been putting all our guests on the spot here. <laughs> On June, what was it today? June twenty first. Yep, first yes. day of summer. As of June June twenty first, I'm gonna go Bengals, Ravens, Browns, Steelers. But I reserve the right that if <laughs> if in a couple of months when the Browns go to Philly for a, a week a week of joint practices, if I come away impressed with the way they perform in those joint practices. I could change it up to where I could see the Browns winning the division. Well, we like your optimism, and we really appreciate you taking the time to shed some light on the Browns. Uh, You can follow Chris on Twitter at CEasterlingABJ. So, Chris, thank you again. Thank you, Chris. I hope to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. Hope to catch you during the season sometime, too, if you don't mind. Absolutely, whenever. All right, when we return, we will be talking a little bit about the U.S. Open, some golf with you. Stay with us as we continue under review on Connect FM. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. Chance for scattered rain showers tonight, otherwise cloudy. Lows around 55, east winds 8 to 15 miles per hour. Scattered rain showers likely tomorrow. Daytime highs approaching 68. Cloudy skies expected. Scattered rain showers likely tomorrow night. Lows level off around 59. Overcast skies. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Currently, it's 77. It's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everyone. Do not miss Thursday's edition of the show. We're going to be covering everything from Durham to Riley Gaines talking about transgender athletes. Mark Thiessen on all that, including 2024. Rainer Zeidelman, new book on defensive capitalism. Eldridge Colby on all things security. Don't miss a minute. Thursday's edition, Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian Kilmeade, weekday mornings at 9, 99.7 and 96.7. Connect FM. The Great American Road Trip is on at Spitzer Dubois and St. Mary's. New inventory is here with more arriving daily. We've got hundreds of vehicles and thousands in savings, all to get you on your own summer road trips for less. Plus, every vehicle we sell or lease is backed by the Spitzer Shield, featuring a lifetime powertrain warranty, unlimited time, unlimited miles, bumper-to-bumper protection on Spitzer certified vehicles, and a $1,000 price match guarantee. Plus, get more miles of worry-free driving with complimentary first-year scheduled maintenance. It's the peak season for summer vacations and weekend road trips, so grab life by the wheel and hit the road. Hurry in today for our special June incentives. You'll find super summer savings on every new and pre-owned vehicle in our inventory at Spitzer Dubois and St. Mary. You can buy your car anytime with Spitzer Speed Pass at Spitzer.com. At Spitzer, our world revolves around you. Must complete regular maintenance at the manufacturer's specified intervals and documented. Any breakdowns must be completed at a Spitzer location within 40 miles. Warranty affected anywhere in the continental United States of America, Alaska, Hawaii, and Canada. Complimentary maintenance applies to new vehicle purchases. See dealer for complete details. 
Keeping your eye on the ball is the key to playing sports well. Let Wise Eyes coach you into sturdy shatter and contact-resistant eyewear. Whether your child plays sports... You love extreme sports or you work in hazardous construction zones. You need sharp vision while protecting your eyes. Dr. Lineski is a leader in clinical eye care and takes the time to explain your eye test results. Proud to support local sports programs, Wise Eyes has served our community for over 20 years. Commons Drive to Boys and at MyWiseEyes.com. I'm Dan Kennard, and this is the Connect FM Local Youth Sports Beat, sponsored by Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons and Dr. Greg Lineski. Recapping the Class Single A Championship in PIAA Baseball played last week, the District 9 Class 1A Champion Clarion Bobcats claimed their first ever PIAA Baseball Championship. They did so with a 4-1 win over the Dubois Central Catholic Cardinals, that game was played last Thursday. The Cardinals were the defending Class A baseball champs. The game was a first, the first time that two District 9 teams played for a PIAA title. In last week's championship game, Clarion pitchers Devin Lauer and Derek Smale stifled the Cardinals' bats. During Lauer's four innings on the mound, DCC was unable to score a run but did have five hits. Smale pitched the final three innings, gave up only one Cardinals run. The biggest threats from DCC came in the fourth and fifth innings. Bases were loaded with Cardinals in the fourth inning with only one out, but Lauer struck out two consecutive batters. And then in the fifth frame, DCC was looking pretty good with runners on first and third and only one out. But Smale ended the threat by getting the two next Cardinal batters to pop out and strike out. The Bobcats scored single runs in the first and second innings and then added a pair in the fifth to lock down the win. The District 10 Little League All-Star Softball Tournament is underway. Some games coming up today include Dubois against Punxsutawney in the winner's bracket. Dubois defeated St. Mary's 18-1 in four innings on Saturday to get there. Brookville is going to be playing Potter McCain today in the winner's bracket game. Brookville had defeated Kane 14-0 in four innings in a game played on Monday. And in a loser's bracket matchup today, St. Mary's is taking on Cameron County. St. Mary's has stayed alive in the tournament by upending Warren 17-2 on Monday. That was after losing to Dubois on Saturday. And the Major Baseball District 10 Little League Tournament is going to get started this Saturday, June 24th. Round 1 games include Dubois against Brookville. Brockway will be facing Punxsutawney while St. Mary's takes on Warren. That's this week's local youth sports beat on Connect FM. It's sponsored by Dr. Greg Lineski and Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Welcome back to Under Review Sports Talk on Connect FM. I'm Bob Anderson. She's Summer Anderson, and the voice you just heard is Autumn Anderson. She's filling in. My usual co-hosts are out and about today. They've been busy. We hope to get them back uh, next week. But in the meantime, it's great to have the girls on with me here 
Uh, we got a good talk there about the Browns, uh, but we're going to shift gears and we're going to go to something that's in your wheelhouse now, Summer. Yes, I'm excited. And we're going to talk a little bit about golf. And of course, the U.S. Open was held over the weekend and Wyndham Clark is the champion. Is that a golf name or what? Wyndham? It's a name you don't hear too often, except on a golf course. That sounds like a golfer's name, but if you didn't know that name, you're probably not alone. Uh, A week ago, he's a 29-year-old journeyman pro. He had won one single tournament on the tour uh, and that just came what a month ago at the wells fargo championship now he's a major champion and he's 3.6 million dollars richer uh, so i found an article on golf.com that was pretty interesting to me and here's some things that you may not know about wyndham clark his mother introduced him to golf when he was just three years old apparently she took him to the driving range and he hit a bucket of balls and he loved it so much that he asked for a second bucket of balls. Wow, that's that's cool that his mom had is the reason he found, you know, the game and fell in love with it. Yeah, exactly. And 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 then the rest, you know, came from there. But while he was in college, maybe if you watched the telecast, you heard a little bit about his mother passing away from breast cancer. Yeah. And he almost gave up the game, but he stuck with it. Yeah. Um, he did go to Valor Christian High School, which is in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. And believe it or not, he's not the most famous athlete from his school. That would be NFL running back Christian McCaffrey, who graduated with him back in 2012. So they graduated the same exact year. I believe so, yes. That is really cool. Yeah. But uh, as far as the golf goes, Summer, what stood out to you as we watched the back nine on Sunday? Well, I'm always amazed with how these guys just play the game. They make it look so easy, and they just make it look so beautiful like I, I mean it's like boy I didn't know someone could play the game this graceful and make it look it's a lot harder than they make it look <laughs> I know I'm like oh my gosh they like hit this shot and it's 200 yards you just watch the screen and it keeps going and going and going it's like oh it was 180 now it's 190 now it's 200 and it, their, their swings aren't even hard I mean some look like they swing hard but still they hit the ball so far for all that they swing and you know what i take away from on that last match is just what are they going through mentally yeah that's a great point you know it is such it is a draining game playing 18 holes just out for fun even when we're playing a scramble it it can be a grind but seeing these guys on that last round this is four days of intense play and then that last round you know you see some of these guys just have like this maybe a five stroke you know, they're within the leaders within a stroke or two. And next thing you know, look, they're down five strokes. Yeah. I mean, they have to really grind it out. And I just can't imagine what they're going through mentally and physically. Well, and that's where you got to give Wyndham Clark a lot of credit too, because he did have a couple of bad shots. I know he had yep. one chip that didn't really go anywhere. And, yes. you know, the crowd ooze and ahs and, and you have to get that out of your head. I, I, I don't, don't know, know that there's a more difficult game than golf when it comes to the mental aspect of things. And, you know, that that's what I think about. Like, how did he just blow that off in front of all these people? I mean, you're not just talking about playing a tough game, a very important game, but also the fact that you have this huge crowd watching you and the pressure. And then when they're making these noises and they're like, oh, you know, you're, how does that not stick with you? But that's why they're professionals and that's what makes them you know stand out about the rest of us well speaking of pressure you know Wyndham Clark had a three-stroke lead after number 14 he hit a beautiful shot into that par five on 14 yep. I think it was like 280 yards and he yeah. put it through a narrow shoot right onto the green mm-hmm. and he two-putted for a birdie and um you know he had a three-stroke lead with what four holes to go and there's probably nothing harder than closing that out there's yeah. four holes there 
And I, those were long par fours. They were very long par fours. I mean, fours, that yes. was just crazy. I'm like, I was telling you, I was like, that's a 500-yard par four. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, and, I, and he did make a couple of bogeys, but he came through when he had to. I know on number 17 there, he had to get up and down. And then on 18, he had a heck of a long two-putt to try to win the championship. I, I can't imagine what he's thinking as he's standing over that putt and just trying to lag it close. Yeah, I don't I don't even want to know. I can't imagine. I would walk away from that putt th- being happy that I three-putted it. I would have been like, yes. <laughs> get to the playoffs. Like, you know, yeah. like, just get it there. But the fact that, like, he made it look easy and then that last putt just to go in and his reaction was just – it was priceless and it was it was great to see that for him. Well, Rory's going to get a lot of mm-hmm. scrutiny. Rory, Rory McIlroy, uh, yeah. he failed to close the deal Sunday. Um, you know, he's – of course, one of the best golfers of this era. Yep. But he hasn't won a major championship now since 2014. Oh, is that he, how long it's been? Yeah, nine years. But he, he's he's not alone. I mean, you know, Ricky Fowler shared the lead going into Sunday. He's yeah. never won a major. Scotty Scheffler was lurking. Um, but back to Rory, uh, maybe the pressure is getting to him a little bit. He birdied the opening hole, but that would be his last birdie in the entire round. And Tita Green, he was fine. I mean, he actually hit 15 out of 18 greens in regulation, but it came down to this, and this is often the case in golf. He couldn't make any putts. And, you know, Rory was the one, I'm sure if you've watched, if anyone who's listening watched the U.S. Open, he embedded that ball, and he actually got really lucky with that shot. Yes, he did. Um, If anyone was watching, he embedded his ball into the sand trap. And I have an issue. It wasn't in the sand trap, but it was a, a... Next oh, to the sound sand trap, it was in like the grass yeah, around it. Yeah, the ground around the sand trap, and so he got the drop, but he got the drop in front of the bunker, and I was just surprised because he technically didn't make it over the bunker. Yeah, it didn't go in the sand, but it didn't go over the sand, and I feel like he should have had maybe a drop behind the bunker. If if that was, I mean, I'm no pro of rules. There's a lot of people that know the rules of golf, but that just surprised me in the drop he got. I mean, he got really lucky, but at the same time, because if that was water, you don't drop in front of the water. You drop behind the water or the last known. No closer to the hole. No closer to the hole. So I was just surprised by that. He was really lucky. And I mean, but at the same time, I thought, boy, I mean, these guys are made to make these tough shots, I thought he should have at least hit from behind the bunker. Well, in the past, an embedded ball outside the fairway had to be played as is. But mm. in 2019, they actually changed that role, and he's the beneficiary of it. Uh, but he wasn't able to get that up and down there, and that's probably the hole that decided the tournament, if you think about it. He had a 125-yard wedge shot coming in there to try to make a birdie and tie Wyndham Clark. That would have put a lot of pressure on Clark he ends up bogeying that, as we know, and then Clark came, the group behind him, and ends up birdieing it, and that gave him kind of the the buffer that he needed. Um, in the meantime, I know you're a Ricky Fowler fan. I do like Ricky Fowler. Yeah, he yes. finished tied for fifth after a final round 75. Um, I, I feel bad for Ricky, and yeah. I, I do enjoy watching him, but I admired his class because on number 18 – he uh, he was so genuine in his congratulations to, oh, yeah. to Wyndham Clark on his first major. And apparently he said to him, he goes, quote, your mom, if she had been here, she'd have been very proud, end quote. I didn't realize he said that. I, I love Ricky for his, 
his grace he shows on the golf course. He always carries himself with class. And he is a, a golfer that has gotten so close. And then it just seems like on the last day, something happens. It's mental. Other golfers just kind of come ahead. They have the luck. And he just can't clinch it. But I'm so happy to see him still stay in that top rank, but then show such grace when he isn't the top winner at the end. All right, so we're pushing the end of June here, which means it's almost fantasy football time, and it gives me a reason to really pay attention to other teams and what's going on around the league. So that's why I'm super excited for our next segment. If you have a team, you'll want to make sure you listen in. We're going to hear from our next guest, uh, a fantasy football analyst. So stay tuned as we continue under review on Connect FM, your only local news radio. I'm Dan Kennard with the Connect FM local news update. Here's what's happening. Charges of drug possession are pending against a Dubois man following a traffic stop in Elk County. According to state police, illegal drugs and paraphernalia were found in the possession of the 18-year-old unnamed suspect, who was a passenger in a vehicle which troopers stopped along Route 219 in Horton Township last week. And it's another busy day planned at the 2023 Sykesville Ag and Youth Fair. There will be an old school demolition derby on the track tonight at 7 p.m. Disney music cover band The Little Mermen take the stand for tonight's live music entertainment starting at 6.30. And there will be two shows of Rock and Roll Pet Store at 6.30 and 8.30. Your $10 admission fee is your pass to all the shows, carnival rides, exhibits, and track events at the Sykesville Ag and Youth Fair. The fairgrounds are just off Route 119 between Sykesville and Dubois. Dunlop Lawn Garden, your local Cub Cadet dealer, is ready for spring, and you should be too with Cub Cadet. Zero turns, lawn tractors, and walk-behind lawnmowers from Cub Cadet are engineered with premium features, leaving you with a well-manicured lawn. Head to your local Cub Cadet dealer, Dunlap Lawn and Garden, on the Mendenhall Road in Brookville, or Oklahoma Salem Road in Dubois. Exceptional offers, expert advice, and superior service. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. Chance for scattered rain showers tonight, otherwise cloudy. Lows around 55, east winds 8 to 15 miles per hour. Scattered rain showers likely tomorrow, daytime highs approaching 68, cloudy skies expected. Scattered rain showers likely tomorrow night, lows level off around 59, overcast skies. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour, throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Currently, it's 77. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Welcome back to Under Review Sports Talk on Connect FM. All right, fantasy football requires a lot of luck, but you can give yourself a better chance to win having a little more knowledge about teams and players and those you're competing against. Here to help us win our leagues is a top-tier fantasy football analyst, Alex Caruso. Alex, thanks so much for taking the time. How are you? Hey, I, I really appreciate you having me. I'm excited to talk fantasy football, and I cannot believe the season is under 100 days now. It just feels like it's getting closer and closer every single day. Training camp is a month away, and I, I just could not be more excited for this year. Well, I'm, I'm with you. I love this time of year. So what is a team that you tell yourself, man, I just have to leave the draft with one of their players this year because that offense is going to be so good? 
I think there's two of them for me. The first one is definitely the Chargers. Like I, I love the values right now in drafts of Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams, and especially Quentin Johnston is my favorite rookie wide receiver target. If not them, I think the Browns are going to be a sneaky, really good offense. I think Deshaun Watson is going to be a borderline top five QB in fantasy football this year. I love the values of Amari Cooper, David Njoku, and Elijah Moore. It's one of those offenses that is undervalued as a whole, and I cannot stop drafting enough of them. Well, it's funny you brought up that the Browns, because we talked to a guest from the Browns earlier, we're doing a tour of the AFC North, um, and he mentioned that Deshaun Watson looks pretty good, so just a little heads up, maybe you're you're right on that one. Um, let's go. Let's let's talk a little bit more about quarterback strategy in redraft this year. Are you trying to get an elite one early, or are you waiting and loading up at other positions? Yeah, I think for me, I like the middle to late round quarterbacks a lot this year. Like the range from like Justin Fields, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson. I love going after those elite guys, especially. I think that's the perfect range to target in drafts right now. But otherwise, if I'm not taking one of those guys, I'm probably going to load up on other positions and wait to go late to grab someone like Geno Smith, Aaron Rodgers, and Kirk Cousins, who I think are all extremely undervalued and should be getting a little bit more respect in fantasy drafts. Hi, Alex. This is Bob's wife, Summer. I'm going to throw a question at you. You were talking about, now, if you are waiting to take a player, who, what target do you have in mind? Yeah, I think the first player that comes to mind is Geno Smith. I mean, Geno Smith was a top-five quarterback in fantasy football last year. They added who I believe is the best overall wide receiver in the draft in Quentin Johnston. So I think that the Seahawks are – sorry, excuse me, not Quentin Johnston, Jackson Smith and Jigba. So I think their offense as a whole is just going to be even better – and I think that Geno Smith is going to take another step forward as a starter in the Seahawks system. And then with their high-powered defense, their offense is going to be on the field a lot, and they're going to be throwing the ball a ton this year. Yeah, you know, the Seahawks might have one of the best receiving groups in the league. Um, I, I'm back to the first question I asked you. I'll tell you the team for me is the Bengals. I want one of their, you know, offensive weapons, whoever it may be, maybe T. Higgins or, or Jamar Chase, of course, are going to cost you pretty, pretty, um, a high, pretty high pick. Uh, how about Russell Wilson? Do you th- see him as a bounce-back candidate? Yeah, Russell Wilson's a huge bounce-back candidate, and the biggest reason is Sean Payton himself. But even last year, Nathaniel Hackett was their head coach, and after he got fired near the end of the season, Russell Wilson was back to full form without him as the coach. It seemed like the offense just started to click. Sean Payton has had a lot of success with every single quarterback he's ever played with, Drew Brees or not. I think the same continues for Russell Wilson. I really like the pieces that they have in their offense and Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Greg Dulcich at tight end is probably my favorite tight end target. And they're also going to get Javante Williams back, which is going to be a big key for their offense this year and allow that run game to flourish to open up the field for Russell Wilson. All right, speaking of the run game, which rookie running back interests you more at their cost? Do you like Bijan Robinson in the top half of round one or Jameer Gibbs in the back half of round three? This is a tough one because I love both of these guys. Like I, I like where both they're going. But for me, I'm probably going to just go with the value in Jameer Gibbs. The Lions last year had the second most fantasy expected fantasy points among any backfield in the NFL. A lot of that work is going to go to Gibbs. Jared Goff also checked down to running backs at one of the highest rates in the league. And Jameer Gibbs is probably the best pass-catching running back that we've seen since Christian McCaffrey came into the league in 2017. I think he is going to feast this year, and it's going to be someone that drafters are going to be really happy that they got. Now, which back going outside of the first round could you see finishing as the running back one this year? 
Yeah, I think there's there's two of them for me. The first one is definitely going to be Brees Hall. I think Brees Hall is in a prime spot to take take over this season for the Jets with Aaron Rodgers coming in. He's going to be really good. I think coming off his ACL, he's had proper time to recover, and he catches passes. The other one for me is Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots. He gets targeted at one of the highest rates in the league. He's on the field for all three downs as much as any running back in the NFL. And I think that the Patriots have said themselves this year that Unless they sign DeAndre Hopkins, Ramondre Stevenson will be the focal point of that offense and someone that I'm trying to target as much as humanly possible. We're talking to Alex Caruso. He'll help you win your leagues. You can follow him on Twitter at Alex Caruso. That's C-A-R-U-S-O. And Alex, uh, really enjoying this segment. You really know a lot about fantasy football. Let's switch to the wide receiver position. There's a cluster of wide receivers that I really like personally at the end of round two and the beginning of round three. So I'm going to throw four names at you. Which of these four would you target in your draft if they're all available and you want a receiver at that pick? Let's go Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddell, T. Higgins, or Amon Ra St. Brown, the sun god himself. Yeah, these guys are all fantastic. You, you really can't go wrong with any of these guys. I think for the sake of... Of this, I will be eliminating Waddle and T. Higgins because they have a player that's a little bit better in front of them. And when you're taking down the true wide receiver ones of Garrett Wilson or Amon Ross St. Brown, I'm going Garrett Wilson. Last year with Mike White and Joe Flacco as quarterbacks, he was on wide receiver eight pace as a rookie. And now you add in an upgrade in quarterback play in Aaron Rodgers. You add in the fact that Garrett Wilson's going to be in his second year and he's going to be even better. In the complete lack of target competition around him, I am all in on Garrett Wilson this year. How do you feel about Odell Beckham Jr. and the Ravens' passing offense in general this year? Yeah, I think for me that Odell Beckham is someone that in the past I would probably keep my candle lit for one more year, but he's coming off multiple ACL surgeries. He's going to be on an offense that is not historically known for passing the ball a lot. I think it'll be more this year, but they still have Mark Andrews. They drafted a wide receiver in the first round in Zay Flowers. I'm still a believer in Rashad Bateman, and because of their historical low volume, I just don't feel like I can keep my candle lit anymore for Odell Beckham. I'm rooting for him. I just don't think it's this, this is going to be his year. I'm just curious, too. Um, you know, With the Ravens, do you think Lamar Jackson's going to throw for 6,000 yards, like he said? Probably not. Uh, I, I would love to see him throw for 6,000 yards, but I still think that he is a rushing quarterback at heart. I wouldn't be surprised if he has career highs in passing this year, but ultimately I think that the 5,000-plus yard season is not something that's realistic in the range of outcomes. All right, now on to tight end. Um, this is one that is always a conundrum for me, and I'm just curious, what's your strategy look like at tight end this year? Are you going to pay the first-round price for Kelsey? I, I'm always like hesitant to do that i say yeah this is going to be the year that he tails off but uh if you're not targeting kelsey who are you targeting yeah for me it's got it's kelsey or bust like if i'm in the late middle to rate first round so if i'm picks seven through 12 i'm going after travis kelsey and drafting him right there and then he has the biggest positional advantage in all of fantasy football he's so much better than the tight end two this year and i think that he is the exact type of player that you want to draft if not him I'm probably going for a later round tight end like David Njoku for the Browns, Pat Frymuth for the Steelers, or my favorite tight end target in all of fantasy football is Greg Dulcich for the Broncos. I think he's going to be the tight end in the later rounds that leads people to fantasy football championships. All right, you heard it here. And you know, Alex, you would make our son very happy. I believe that is someone who you 
you know, I think Kelsey's the one. Oh Keith yeah. He tells draft. me every year, pick, pick Travis Kelsey. And I, I don't listen this year. I may. <laughs> um, no, you know, Alex, give us one sleeper going in the last couple of rounds of a draft that we should keep an eye on as the draft season draws closer. Yeah, that player for me has to be Antonio Gibson, who I think is the biggest sleeper in the entire fantasy football draft. He's a running back for the Washington Commanders. But the biggest key here is they got rid of their pass-catching running back in J.D. McKissick, who's been on the field for over 50% of the snaps the last three years. That passing game role is going to go almost entirely to Antonio Gibson, who has actually been a top 30 running back every year of his career, and he's been in the top 12 in two out of three years. He's now going outside the top 40 running backs in drafts. And the commanders brought in the Chiefs offensive coordinator in Eric Bieniemy, who is known for getting these pass-catching running backs involved. I expect a really big year from Antonio Gibson, and he's going later in drafts than he's ever finished in the NFL. I'm going to throw one more at you here, Alex. Let's say you draw the first pick in the draft this year. Are you going with Christian McCaffrey, or are you going somewhere else? I think I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson this year. I would have said McCaffrey in years past, but Justin Jefferson is the safest player in all of fantasy football, and I think that he also has the highest ceiling in all, in all of fantasy football. Yes, TJ Hawkinson is there, and they drafted Jordan Addison, but I still think this is the Justin Jefferson show and is the perfect mix of safety and upside that you just can't miss first overall. All right, that's awesome stuff, Alex. We really appreciate it. Tell our listeners how can they follow your work. You can follow me at Alex Russo on Twitter or on the 33rd team at the 5th Down Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank, thank you, you so much. So when we return, we'll close out the hour with our Get Lost segment. You want to stay with us here as we continue our sports talk on Under Review. Carlson Auto Repair is a locally family-owned and operated business that serves you, their customer, like you're one of the family. Carlson Auto Repair genuinely cares about the folks who come to see them for mechanical and auto body work. They don't do anything that isn't needed, and they do the repairs at an affordable rate. If you need auto repair inspections or collision work, get it done right and reasonably at Carlson Auto Repair, where they know you and they know your vehicle. 100 East Park Avenue, Dubois. Neuropathy sufferers, do you want to eliminate pain and avoid dangerous medications? Then listen closely. Pneumatex, an innovative medical facility, has a revolutionary new approach to treating nerve pain with a seven-step treatment program that is tailored to your specific nerve pain. To find out if you're a candidate, call Pneumatex for a free screening at 814-618-5295. Don't suffer another day? Call 814-618-5295. That's 814-618-5295. Hi, this is Gordon Deal. Thursday on This Morning, America's First News. It's been almost a year since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, ending the constitutional right to abortion. Hear how the country has changed since then. Also, there are a number of reasons that home prices are so high. The main one is inventory. But are there any solutions? And fully disconnecting from the boss when you're on vacation. Thursday on This Morning, America's First News. 99.7, Connect FM. Smith Timbering and Consultants are experts at tree management and are looking for an energetic, reliable individual to join their team. They currently have an excellent opportunity for a full-time forestry technician to buy, mark, and cruise standing timber. They offer competitive pay with bonus incentives, health incentives, health insurance, and company vehicle. Associate's degree or higher in forestry required. Please email your resume or questions to Wes at smithtimbering.com. That's Wes at smithtimbering.com. 
What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. talk about the pirates with my parents we are welcome back here to under review sports talk on connect fm that was our lovely daughter autumn anderson leading leading us into our last segment yeah and she played for the pirates last year in t-ball so maybe she knows a little bit about it unfortunately the pirates have not had a very good stretch here they've lost nine games in a row and summer you've probably seen me uh, sitting in frustration as I watched them. But coming into the day, the Pirates were 1-9. Now, this is not this is not included, so now they're 1-10. But they had a batting average of 190, which is like having nine pitchers hitting, and uh, a 6.00 ERA. Uh, that's not so good either yeah. when you're not scoring runs. And they had been outscored by 41 runs, now make that 46 runs in the last 11 games. Wow. And we're hearing that the injuries are piling up too, of course, um, you know, with Andrew McCutcheon on the shelf and then uh, Brian Reynolds. So it's going to be a tough, tough go here for the Pirates. But the one bit of good news is Henry Davis is up. He's an exciting young prospect. He gives us something maybe to watch otherwise. I was going to say, didn't they just, uh, you know, like reveal their up-and-coming player? I couldn't remember his name. Yes, Henry Davis. So he's right now he's playing... Uh, right field are going to DH, but there's a lot of debate about whether or not he should be behind the plate catching. That's his natural spot. If you can have a catcher that hits, uh, that is such an advantage in in baseball. And unfortunately, uh, the Pirates are not getting any production from the catching position right now. Austin Hedges and Jason DeLay are really, um, they're they're just not getting it done. I'm sure I can ask the Daves about that next week. uh, I'm sure they'll have some thoughts. They always have some very good thoughts on the Pirates and just where they should be going or, you know, kind of the mistakes that are being made. You know, sometimes as a spectator, I feel like you have a better insight into it than maybe the management does, at least for the Pirates. You get kind of a bird's eye view. But I will say that the Pirates are going to have a decision to make here in a couple of weeks. The MLB draft will be coming in, in early July. And I'm hoping that we can get into a little bit of debate next week about who the Pirates should take, Dylan Cruz or Paul Skeens. Both play for LSU, who are advancing in the College World Series or moving up the ranks. I got to watch a little bit of that game the other night, and I watched uh, as Dylan Cruz hit one out of the park. He is... um, Supposedly one of the best prospects to come out of the uh, out as into the draft. LSU in a long has time. some in general has some great sports programs. They f- for sure do. So we'll get into that hopefully next week. The NHL draft is coming up, so we'll have a busy show next week. You can download all of our podcasts uh, going to Connect uh, FM uh, the website. You can follow us on Facebook and follow us now on Twitter at UnderReviewFM. So, Summer, it is time to get lost here. So what do you have for our Get Lost segment? I came prepared for this one. Get Lost, 60-degree weather coming in June. It's time for that 70 and 80 to come and stay. I'm done with the 60 and 50-degree weather. And also... Uh, also, get lost uh, Interstate 80 traffic. It always makes me anxious, no matter what time of year it is. <laughs> oh, I hear you too. So, 
I was going to say, you know, of course, get lost to the Pirates' losing streak. I am tired of watching players get stranded on the base pads. It is so frustrating. Um, And, you know, some people are saying get lost to the L.A. Country Club after the U.S. Open. There was a lot of criticism about the course. The crowd sizes were down a little bit. Some thought that it wasn't a very good open course. Really? I I liked it. I thought it was really cool to see that L.A. skyline. Yeah, it was really cool that uh, the backdrop there. But we really appreciate you taking the time for joining us this week. Uh, We hope to have the Daves back next week, and we wish you all a good week and and, uh, hope to catch you next week. See ya. Thank you.